expert. Um, and today we are have the distinct pleasure of having uh, Dr. Chantal Matthew um, present what's going on at Enodia. And uh, she's a professor of medicine at Catholic University and chair of endocrinology at the University Hospital Gastelsburg. Sorry for the mispron uh, mispronunciation, Leuven in Belgium. She's a physician scientist who's contributed to the field of diabetes and endocrinology through basic and clinical research. Her basic research focuses on pathogenesis and prevention of type 1 diabetes. Her clinical work involving new products and treatment paradigms in diabetes such as new insulins, adjunct therapies, and diagnosis of gestational diabetes have made her a speaker in international forums. And she coordinates the European project and very innovative new project called Inodia um, on biomarker discovery and intervention studies in type 1 diabetes. Uh, Professor Matthew is the Senior Vice President of EASD, Chair of EASD Postgraduate Education, and Chair of the European Diabetes Forum. Welcome, and thank you very much for joining us. I, we're really interested to hear how Enodia is really making gains and driving and accelerating the science around type 1 diabetes. Yeah, so um, uh, welcome, uh, welcome, everybody, and uh, thank you for uh, having me at the uh, sugar science, um, they're starting to work above my head. So uh, I hope there's not too much noise. Anyway, I will share some slides with you just to introduce Inodia and uh, happy to answer questions. Um, uh, uh, when there's uh, still time, I will do my best to uh, have some time. So what is Inodia? It's actually a project um, uh, by uh, sponsored by the European Commission in the context of an innovative medicines uh, initiative. And what is it? It is a, a, actually a, an initiative by the commission to promote public-private uh, partnerships. So partnerships between uh, academic researchers, clinicians, and on the other hand, um, industry partners. And so um, what we put forward was that we wanted uh, to um, uh, reflect whether we could bring together um, academic researchers, clinicians, scientists, and industry to uh, set up a network where we could um, bring in uh, people with newly diagnosed type 1 diabetes, but also unaffected family members, um, uh, test them, screen them for autoantibody positivity. If they were autoantibody negative, we would put them into a living biobank. And if they were autoantibody positive and thus have an increased risk for a type 1 diabetes, we would um, uh, submit them to uh, very in-depth uh, phenotyping, clinical phenotyping, metabolic phenotyping, immune phenotyping, and do all the omics that we could uh, uh, think of uh, on blood, on urine, on uh, stool. So we did that. In Can I just, um, excuse me for one moment. Can yes. I just ask, when, when did Anodia start? I'll come to that. Okay. It started Great. in uh, 2015. Fantastic. Uh, and normally these projects last seven years. Yes. But because of COVID, we will uh, go on for one more year. And in the meantime, because we were quite successful, we were allowed to um, do a, a second uh, project called Inodia Harvest on top of uh, Inodia. So it's with the same uh, consortium. Fantastic. So first aspiration was to set up this big, big natural history study 
where we could uh, really um, uh, do research on uh, novel biomarkers uh, to predict uh, type 1 diabetes, but also to better understand uh, type 1 diabetes. A mantra that we spun in Inodia was really um, the uh, standardization, um, uh, quality uh, control checks of everything we uh, collected so that it's really uh, very, very robust, allowing us to uh, do uh, analyses even in, in very small uh, numbers. We have um, uh, a central uh, biobank, except for the immune samples that are spread out over different immune hubs, we have a central database. And then we also uh, wanted to do uh, um, intervention trials in newly diagnosed, uh, in people with newly diagnosed type 1 diabetes, but also uh, in a novel way, namely using a master protocol where we wanted to intervene very early on after a diagnosis. Most of our trials are recruiting within uh, six weeks after diagnosis and aim to start treatment within um, uh, nine weeks after uh, diagnosis. And also, uh, again, use uh, time points that are the same throughout all the different uh, trials as well as you will see the academic trials as the industry trials running on the backbone uh, of Inodia. So uh, a very special uh, public-private uh, partnership uh, where not only academics uh, are present, but also um, the um, um, foundations, the JDRF, and also the Helmsley Trust themselves are partners in Inodia as well as, uh, as you can see here, um, uh, companies uh, like uh, Sanofi, Novartis, Novo Nordisk, GSK, IMSA is a small uh, company from uh, Belgium, actually, uh, having emotopes and doing one of the clinical trials, and then also uh, Eli Lilly. Sanofi being um, uh, the big driver uh, behind um, uh, Inodia. So here you can see, for instance, the different um, uh, partners that we have uh, throughout Europe. Um, it's broader Europe. It started before the Brexit. And so our British friends are uh, still involved very heavily, I can say, in, uh, in Inodia. But because of the, uh, you know, we were quite popular also for the clinical trials, we have now many, many um, uh, satellite centers also throughout Europe uh, and again throughout greater Europe, also uh, the UK. As I said, one of our aspirations was to have a, a big collection of newly diagnosed individuals and also a collection of unaffected family members. The antibody negative ones went into a living biobank where we could recall people uh, if we uh, need uh, specific controls, age-matched, region-matched, etc., whereas the uh, autoantibody positives are being offered uh, follow-up um, uh, for biomarker uh, discovery. Of interest for the um, specialists uh, in the audience, we do not only follow up the double autoantibody positive uh, people, but also the single autoantibody uh, positive people. And so here you can see some recent numbers beginning of September, our uh, newly diagnosed um, uh, recruitment 
for natural history, as we call it, has stopped already in November uh, 21, whereas we're still, we're still accepting um, uh, unaffected family members. And also now um, uh, we have uh, moved on to accepting uh, people at uh, who are uh, autoantibody positive, double autoantibody positive only, who come in from uh, initiatives uh, that uh, screen people in the general uh, population. And so here uh, we call them uh, peer uh, people at increased risk. So these are really uh, people at stage one or stage two. So autoantibody positive, double autoantibody positive, and uh, uh, dysglycemic, they can all go into uh, the follow-up. Uh, so here you can see the uh, status for the uh, antibody positive unaffected family members. Um, as you can imagine, this is um, a, a quite intense follow-up. And so um, uh, baseline, we have uh, 355, but then when people realize how intense the follow-up is, we lose uh, quite a few, but then uh, we have uh, 280 people in follow-up. And here you can see where they are through the uh, course of the follow-up and they are progressing through uh, the different uh, stages with uh, already 31 people who have uh, progressed uh, four years through the follow-up. Again, we are phenotyping these people quite in depth, not only clinically, metabolically, uh, immunologically, genetically, et cetera, but also using novel clinical biomarkers like we're offering um, the Dexcom G6 um, uh, CGM to uh, people who are in um, uh, stage two. So um, having dysglycemia uh, on top of uh, autoantibody positive. Another um, quite important feature of Vinodia, and we were the first um, project in the IMI to um, introduce this concept, namely uh, the Patient Advisory Committee. Uh, we wouldn't call it a Patient Advisory Committee anymore. We would say people living with type 1 diabetes or their families, uh, for that matter, so they are at the center of uh, Inodia, advising us from the beginning, actually, on um, you know volumes of tubes, uh, patient information sheets, um, frequency of uh, testing, etc. But also more recently, uh, on the design of the clinical trials, they also help our industry partners on how to uh, design their protocols. And so it is really a very interesting feature with uh, varying compositions. And, and now uh, two recent members just uh, uh, joining the pack. And uh, Veerle van Huys, uh, who is our, co our uh, communications coordinator in Inodia, living with type 1 diabetes herself, is a very active uh, member of the pack. And it is um, uh, Jeanette Soderberg from um, uh, the JDRF, together with Olivier Arnaud, um, who are uh, leading this pack. And I want to thank them there. This is really a very central feature. And since Inoria started with it, now most uh, IMI uh, projects have this uh, pack. And I can only advise anybody uh, of you starting with new projects to have this uh, pack in your midst. It is such um, a, a rich experience and an essential feature of um, uh, the future of intervention studies. 
So here you can see whatever we do with this uh, biomarker discovery flow. It goes from uh, the collections, uh, genetic analysis, antibody analysis, and then all the omics uh, we could uh, dream of. And what is also important is that we have incorporated many of these omics analyses into um, the uh, clinical trials that are running uh, on the backbone uh, of Inodia. And also in our work package four, we have a multi-omics integrated analysis, uh, really with a, a, a helicopter view, uh, integrating all of this uh, through a systems biology analysis. I'm too stupid to understand it, but I'll just give you a few glimpses and we hope to have our first uh, big paper out in the coming uh, months. Um, here, uh, just a slide from uh, Tim Tree and uh, King's College. Tim is uh, coordinating all the, uh, the uh, immune uh, labs uh, in Inodia. We are doing fresh um, blood cell analysis, but also cryopreserved uh, analysis, really um, uh, in-depth analysis of the immune profile of the people in the natural history but also in all of our clinical trial studies. So it's really uh, going throughout everything we do in Inodia and it's really a, a wealth of data. And again, you will see the first papers coming out uh, in uh, the coming months. Another feature that we introduced in Inodia early on in the natural history study, and again, in all of our uh, clinical uh, trials, and that is the uh, dry blood spot analysis. You know that, in uh, intervention trials in type 1 diabetes, we typically uh, measure C-peptide response at different uh, time points after an intervention using a stimulation with a mixed meal, typically with the uh, Ensure Plus, for instance. But so this gives you really uh, just um, uh, glimpses of what is happening. You measure it at one time point, typically at baseline, you measure it at six months and then at 12 months, but it just gives you three uh, points, three areas under the curve of uh, C-peptide rises that you can study. What we have introduced and the, the uh, late uh, David Dunger from uh, Cambridge was responsible for this introduction. And now Emil Hendricks, a pediatrician uh, in uh, Cambridge is really uh, leading this research. And that is the dry blood spot C-peptide uh, testing. What do we ask? We ask in the natural history, but also in our clinical trials, that people would give us a capillary blood spot on a filled paper, fasted, or after a meal. And that's in our clinical trials, in several of our clinical trials, we do it every month, a little less frequent in our natural history study. But so Emil has now hundreds of these uh, samples. And so is able really to make the analysis. And here you can see some um, um, data um, uh, that Emil presented at our annual meeting in uh, March of uh, this year. But what is interesting about this dry blood spot? It is this very early time point. What Emil is now looking at in uh, hundreds of people below 10 years of age between 10 years of age and 18 years of age and above 18 years of age is whether these uh, dry blood spot uh, C-peptide measurements at one month, 
two months, three months, four months after diagnosis, whether the curve you can make with these frequent samples can predict what happens in a mixed meal tolerance test at six months and at 12 months. Because remember, dear friends, if we can predict already at three months what the evolution of C-peptide will be at one year, we could be looking at completely new ways of doing clinical intervention trials, where already after three or four months, we could say this drug is working or this drug is not working. Whereas now we need to wait a year or even longer to evaluate the effect of the agents. Here, uh, a slide I took from Søren Brunak, who is doing the multi-omics analysis, the system uh, biology uh, analysis, where we looked at the first 100, it's actually the first uh, 97 people with newly diagnosed uh, type 1 diabetes who went into the analysis. And here he looked at multi-omics analysis at baseline, and then what happened to um, the uh, C-peptide, so the beta cell function over the first year of these individuals. And so what he's doing is really through um, uh, all kinds of modeling, looking at whether there are uh, factors coming out of um, the uh, integrated omics, so microRNA, mRNA, proteomics, lipidomics, uh, everything we could uh, dream of, immunomics, uh, to see whether uh, factors can be identified. And I can tell you, you will see in, in the next uh, weeks or months when the paper comes out, that indeed he finds signatures, even with this limited uh, number uh, of people, that can predict the evolution of uh, C-peptide. Here, for instance, he called it factor 18 and uh, factor 15. There are signatures of uh, different um, uh, omics coming together, predicting the evolution of the functional beta cell mass. So this could, again, potentially be opening new ways of looking at the pathophysiology of type 1 diabetes. And here again, I'm too stupid to understand it. Uh, you see how these uh, different um, uh, assays are coming together. And then I already alluded to it, this concept of a master protocol, namely having at least the same time points to uh, compare clinical uh, interventions in different uh, clinical trials. And so again, it was a, a brainchild of uh, my good friend, uh, the late uh, David Dunger, who took it together with Adrian Mander and Anke Schulte uh, to uh, the European Medicines Agency. And we did get positive scientific advice for master protocols in newly diagnosed uh, individuals, but also in um, uh, uh, people at risk of uh, clinical type 1 diabetes. And here, for instance, I brought you the example of the Enodia master protocol in newly diagnosed individuals. So recruitment uh, already within six weeks of uh, diabetes diagnosis, uh, and then having uh, at different time points all the uh, analyses done. Your clinical trial can have more time points when it comes to uh, safety analysis, for instance, but at least we will ask you a baseline, a three-month, six-month, and a 12-month analysis. Here you can see this dry blood spot analysis running through. And so all of our clinical trials are based at least on this master protocol with some small differences.
Here you can see the four clinical trials that for this moment are running in the consortium. And we do realize we're too small. We're now uh, bringing in more clinical uh, trial centers and also uh, collaborating with centers outside of Inodia. We have the MELD-ATG trial. What is that? Well, Mike Haller uh, showed that a low dose uh, of 2.5 milligram uh, uh, of uh, ATG per kilo of ATG uh, given over two um, IV infusions at the time of diagnosis did modify uh, the uh, C-peptide evolution in people with newly diagnosed type 1. What are we doing? We are testing the minimal effective low dose. So we're going even lower in dose in uh, ATG. This is a trial uh, sponsored by the University of Leuven, so an academic uh, study. Then there's the IMPACT study. That is a study um, uh, with us sponsored the uh, company IMSIZE, looking at the effect of emotopes, subcutaneous injections, six injections, again, starting at the time of diagnosis. The MELD-ADG trial running uh, between five and 25 years of age, the IMPACT study only in adults 18 to 45 years of age. Then there's a VERA T1D study, a study studying um, uh, verapamil. Uh, uh, that is an old uh, antiarrhythmic drug, but now we know that it interferes with tick SNP in the beta cell. So we think it makes the beta cell stronger. This is a pill every day during one year. And again, running between 18 and 45 years of age. And then a study, and this is a sponsor, University of Graz, so again, an academic study. And this is a study run by uh, Novartis, looking at the effect of anti-CD40, so is Calimab, in individuals between 6 and 21 years of age. This is, again, an infusion at the time of diagnosis, and then subcutaneous uh, injections. Here you can see where these trials are. We started in the middle of covid December, uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, we started November uh, 2020 with our uh, recruitments. You see that we have screened over 250 people in the whole Inodia network and have uh, uh, recruited uh, uh, more than uh, 150 people into uh, these studies. So um, we consider this uh, a success. We're looking at combination studies with an adaptive uh, trial design. We call that the VIRA plus study. Uh, I will not go into detail, but again, these are the plans uh, in Inodia. Where do we want to go? We want a worldwide collaboration. We are collaborating with TrialNet in the US. We uh, have helped uh, the uh, Australian network uh, to uh, uh, realize we are collaborating with them, and we're also helping the Canadians uh, to set up uh, a network. We want to go earlier. We want to do uh, interventions in people at risk. And so, again, there will we will be working uh, together uh, with the TrialNet, and we'll also um, um, allow, as said, people from the general population to flow into uh, Inodium. We want to make a bigger uh, clinical trial network. And so uh, we've just founded now a non-for-profit called Inodia that will take on the legacy of the projects of Inodia and Inodia Harvest. I will end here so that you do have some time uh, for questions. I just wanted to show you what we look like in the last uh, 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 years, in the last six years, we have now been uh, working together 
COVID was there, but it didn't stop us from uh, progressing. So if you want to follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, uh, on Twitter. And again, uh, Verle is also on the call. She can also answer some questions or go to our website, uh, inodia.eu. I will stop sharing so uh, you can uh, see me better. And I'm, I'm open for questions. Fantastic. Um, if anyone would like to ask a question, please raise your hand. I would just like to, you know, compliment uh, you and Anodia on this impressive and massive mobilization of scientific resources. Um, I mean, it really, it, it challenges the rest of the globe to really kind of join in, join in, you know, in, in your in your network and in a collaborative way to, to really push things forward. I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's really only been five years if you think about COVID taking out too. So um, I just, I just can't, uh, I can't compliment uh, this group enough for all the things that they've, you know, really just gotten together and gotten done in such a short period of time. I wondered if I could ask one quick question. I see Jack is ready to ask a question, but when you think about Anodia and TrialNet, how do you see them um, as, uh, you know, dovetailing or, you know, is there, is there something, how, how do they compare to contrast? So um, it's a different setup. Um, TrialNet has the support of uh, the NIH and NIDDK uh, in particular. Um, they, um, how can I say it? I think we are more uh, promiscuous, strange <laughs> word, but uh, uh, working with pharma, uh, uh, clearly with pharma embedded in Inodia. So Sanofi is one of our leaders, uh, Novo is there, GSK is there, Lily is there, IMSA is Novartis. So I, I think um, from the beginning, they were in our midst, whereas TrialNet is... Um, I'm going to say more scientific, it's not true. Of course, we are very scientific too, but they're more um, uh, doing the academic uh, studies and welcoming the input of pharma, but then they want to run it themselves. Mm. So uh, I would say that is a difference, but for the rest, we have always collaborated excellently with um, Carla, uh, uh, Greenbaum now with Kevin Harold even more intensively. So um, um, I, I can say we are sister project. Great. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. With, um, Jack Frosco, would you like to uh, ask a question? I've unmuted you. Yeah, thank you. Um, so that's such a, a great talk and it's really impressive what a what a comprehensive characterization of, of each of these uh, participants is, is ongoing. I was curious if you thought about this, this field of pancreas imaging and the idea that the pancreas is smaller in people with type 1 diabetes and how imaging might fit in with some of these other biomarkers you're exploring. Yeah. So, and again, thank you, Jack, for this question. I need to say I don't do anything. I just make people work so that it's on <laughs> the record. Um, it's it's really all the top-notch scientists who, uh, who, who do all the work. I'm a scientist too, but uh, yeah. So... Um, Imaging, we have uh, uh, something in Inodia also called EU NPOT, and Mark Atkinson, who is one of our scientific advisors, helped us to establish that. So Francesco Dotta is doing also um, uh, processing, processing of pancreases because for all kinds of reasons, we cannot transfer tissue to the US. 
So we kept it in Europe. It's available for everybody. We use the same SOPs as uh, uh, NPOT, but also uh, the Exeter group has, uh, with Sarah Richardson and, and Noel Morgan, has now just initiated a new, uh, 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 started a new initiative where they are putting the Faulis collection, the Peter Intfeld collection, and the Exeter collection all together. Uh, it's not in Odia, but again, we stimulate that. And then finally, Jack, um, we have um, Martin Gotthard uh, from Nijmegen, uh, also in, uh, in Odia, who is doing imaging of um, uh, live imaging uh, of people with type 1 diabetes. And so, for instance, in the Vera T1D study of Verapamil in adults, um, Martin is doing imaging. It's happening in the UK, it's happening in France, in specific centers where uh, imaging with the uh, Gotthard's um, uh, tracers is, is happening. It's a GLP-1-based uh, uh, tracer. Great, thank you. Um, any other questions? Um, I wondered, you know, in terms of the big data repositories um, and, and those that exist in uh, the US that are T1D focused, how might those um, I guess, sort of engage with Anodia. Is there an opportunity there? Well, all of the data of Inodia are in a big Inodia database. We are analyzing, the Inodia investigators are analyzing, but we will probably launch calls to the world to join up with an Inodia investigator to uh, use the data, uh, use them for modeling, but also to access our samples. We have all these samples sitting in a biobank. Uh, uh, once the whole multi-omics analysis is done, it's open to all Inodia investigators, but also investigators from outside to use these samples. There will be some rules because of the rules of consenting yeah. uh, and that you need to team up with an Inodia investigator to get access to the samples. And also the samples need to be analyzed in Europe because that is the, 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 the way the consent was obtained from uh, the people. But again, if you team up with one of these more than 50 uh, uh, investigators, uh, you can uh, access it from Canada or the US, but uh, there will be some um, hoops to jump through to get access to the samples or to the data. Yeah, that makes sense. And then... So, for instance, if a TCR repository uh, was built and grown in the U.S., then they might reach out to someone like Tim Tree to voila, voila. coordinate, right? So, yeah, so that is, this is very exciting. And, and I really, again, celebrate uh, all your, your vision for, for outreach to the globe for really kind of consolidating the effort and really driving uh, the science to yeah, we, we the program. We need to come together to beat this disease. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I see, I mean, companies like, you know, Prevention Bio and, and others who are very, you know, the whole teplizumab crew, they're very interested, right, in this whole prodrome. And, and if, if it can really be dissected, then you're going to be able to uh, more fully, you know, attack it. We are routing to get a first agent to market, I can tell you. Uh, I do my little prayer every evening. But uh, because we need a foot in the door, we need yes. a foot in the door. And again, with this uh, 
uh, uh, Inodia non-for-profit legacy that we're trying to build where we want to, our aspiration is to have more than 60 clinical trial sites uh, in, in, in greater Europe to really accelerate the way we do uh, clinical trials so that we can get more products to, you know, to finally arrest this disease. Fantastic. Last call for questions. Then I can go to my next meeting. That's right. Okay. Well, in the interest of time, we have a, you know, it was a great uh, panel, a great um, discussion and so appreciate all you're doing there. And Beautifully, may I add, it's really amazing what you've what you've accomplished so far, and and wishing uh, you the best going forward. It's all my colleagues, but uh, thank you, Sugar Science. Bye bye. Okay. Thanks again. Bye bye.